Warning, the following podcast, which contains strong language and mature content, is unsuitable for children or for the faint of heart. The subject matter discussed will be frightening and graphic in nature. Listener discretion is advised. When you want to hear about the paranormal, you get the spooked girls. True crime that makes you hypothermal with the three spooked girls. Stabby snippets will give you dreams. Taryn Jessica will make you. Along with the spooked girls Bring on the slaughter We on that haunted ground The three spooked girls Hey spooksters and welcome back to another episode here on Three Spooked Girls. My name is Tara and as always I am here with my ghoul friend Jessica. Hello. Hello. And today is a surprise for Jessica because she has no idea what I'm doing. I'm very excited. (laughs) So if you're a patron, I scarred Jessica last month with extremely creepy Reddit stories. Oh, God, not this again. Yes, this again. (laughs) (laughs) I found more. (laughs) I don't I've just got this obsession lately, y'all. With finding scary fucking stories on Reddit just because it's fascinating and you can just like mindlessly scroll. You just like to scare the shit out of me. (laughs) It'll be fine. We get scared together. (laughs) This is also why we're recording this one first (laughs) because we're recording two tonight. (laughs) If you missed it, we did postpone our live show to March 5th. It is still at 6 Pacific time. So you still have time to get tickets. So please do and come hang out with us. We are having a QA and a afterwards. And that's for general admission. It's just one price. So do it. Come hang out with us. We'll talk some true crime. It'll be a great time. Okay, so the thread I came across this time, y'all, said, what's your creepiest real life story? I've heard a lot of crazy stories on here that scare the shit out of me. So I'd like to know what's your creepiest story. I'm only looking for real stories, your experience firsthand, or if you heard it from a trustworthy friend. All right, so. I don't even know how many I'm going to read. I'm just going to watch the time and we'll just go from there. (laughs) A lot of these are, oh, this thread's really old, though. It's seven years old. Fun fact. But we have not read these because I read the first one. So it's weird because like I forget Reddit has been around for a really long time. Dude. Yes. It's been around so long. When I was little, around eight, I hated going to the dentist. He always made me uncomfortable for some reason. I remember thinking his smile stretched too far and seemed forced like clowns. Anyway, my mom came with me and went back so I wouldn't be scared. One day, my dad had me, divorced parents, and had to take me to the dentist, but tried to make me go back alone so he could sit in the lobby doing whatever. The assistants literally had to drag me back to the room and you could hear me screaming and crying down the hall, refusing to sit in the chair. Finally, my dad came back to get me, irritated I made a scene, and he rescheduled my appointment to when my mom would have me. And we just left. He made a big deal about how bad I was acting and told my mom she was spoiling me and all sorts of shit. Two weeks later, it was on the news that my dentist was charged with child pornography after molesting children under anesthesia and photographing it. What? Yeah. Holy fuck. That's crazy. Right? 
Okay, our next one. I lived in a small college town and my apartment complex was walking distance from the bar slash downtown area. One weekday night, I stepped out in front of our porch to smoke a cigarette or two. I was up late studying. I brought my textbook with me and sat down on the stairs while I smoked. A girl who I'd never met but who lived one apartment over but down to the ground floor came home from downtown. She was by herself and you could tell from her walk she'd been drinking. She got in her apartment and barely got the door closed before some guy who came out of nowhere knocks on her door. She opened and I noticed he introduced himself, which was weird because it was after 2.30 a.m. Who comes to a strange girl's apartment at that time? So I decided to stay outside and pay attention. They ended up talking for over 10 minutes. She later acknowledged how weird the situation was, but didn't know how to end the conversation. He would do the creepiest things, like reach up and stroke her hair at least three times, and would try to slowly inch his way closer to her in the door. I made a point of being loud with my textbooks so he would know I was there, and he disappeared as eerily as he had come. We called the cops, and days later, they had the girl and me sit down with a sketch artist. As soon as the sketch was made public, floods of calls came in. Guy turned out to be a serial rapist who followed lone girls home from bars and pretended to be a cab offering them a ride. This girl just got lucky because she lived so close to the bars. He didn't get a chance to pull the cab routine. <gasps> oh my god. That's so fucking creepy. Right? Oh my god. Like, good thing for that neighbor, though, to stay outside because, like, he probably would have forced his way in or something. Mm hmm. Oof. All right, here's the next one. When I was little, my mom would take me to Kmart and let me wander around the toy section while she shopped. Normal in the 70s. Mine too. Right? Even in the 90s, they were like, bye, get the fuck away from me. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Me time, bitches. Right? One day, I was playing Simon Says. An old man walked up to me and was making small talk while I played. He eventually told me to come with him and took me by the hand. We walked right down the main center aisle of the store towards the exit sign in the back. As we crossed the last row, I looked to the right and saw my mom at the end of the row. I told him I saw my mom and had to go. I pulled my hand away and ran down to her. I didn't tell her what happened because I didn't want to get in trouble for going with a stranger. It was several years later that I realized that I had probably narrowly avoided being molested, kidnapped, or worse. Right? That's like the Adam Walsh shit. Yes. And there's two like little short replies to that story that say, very similar story. When I was a kid, I was always the last kid picked up by the bus driver to go to school. One day I was waiting for the bus by myself in a bus with no kids pulled up. The bus driver smiled and told me to hop on. I just had a bad feeling. I said, where's the other kids? He replied, we'll go get them now. Just get on. He got more and more pushy and didn't, but didn't do anything crazy. I just kept saying no and he shrugged and left. The real bus pulled up just a few minutes later. I went to school and my parents didn't know until I mentioned it that night. Looking back, they were pretty worried. I remember them scrambling to make a few phone calls. I don't like that. (laughs) I don't like that either. Jesus. And there's one more reply under this same thing. Oh, God. Now I remember what happened to me and my sister because of this. Because of that, the mall story or the Kmart story. Mm -hmm. When I was younger, my mom would take me and my younger sister to the supermarket with her and let us look at the toy aisle, maybe one fifth of an actual aisle, for a couple of minutes while she'd go up and down the nearby aisles. I remember one time my sister and I were looking at toys and this one older man started talking to me. He said, you like those toys, huh? And I'm sure I responded in a positive way, of course. Then he said something I remember verbatim to this day over 20 years later. If you come with me, I'll buy you all these toys. Mm-mm. Right? Even though I was only seven or eight, I knew about stranger danger and told my sister to leave and go find our mom. We walked away and I found her and I never mentioned this to anybody. Ooh. 
That's probably like a hard thing because I'm thinking like, why wouldn't you tell? But like as a kid, I would be afraid to tell. Right? Because like, like as a kid, I don't know, like I felt like if something like that happened to me, I would have felt like it was like my fault for talking to them. Exactly. <laughs> Just because of like how I grew up and stuff. Ugh. Ooh, there's another one. There's another ab- almost abduction one. Okay. Similar thing happened to me when I was much younger. This just turned into an abduction episode. It's fine. (laughs) Similar thing happened to me when I was much younger, maybe five or six, because I remember it faintly. My mom had gone into the shop and I stayed outside because it was summer. It was in the late 80s, early 90s in what was still a safe Scandinavian city. So there was nothing to even think about it. I was playing my Game Boy when some guy shows up and starts asking about the game. Naturally, I respond and I say it's a fun game. Very quickly, he starts telling me about all the games he's got back at his place and how we could play together. Within seconds, my mom comes dashing out of the store with a clerk who roughs the guys up and starts calling for the cops. The guy hightailed it and we never saw him again. I didn't understand the whole thing until much later when two girls went missing over the course of a year and were found dead. Freaks me out thinking how many things could have gone horribly wrong over the years like that. Yep, it can happen in a fucking second, man. I just always think about these type of things, like how a lot of people are so close to these events happening to them. And Mm -hmm. it takes... It's scary. Someone getting, like, scared. It takes someone, like, a kid being, like, ah, like, listening to their intuition. But, like, when I have kids, I want to teach them, like, if you feel that way about somebody, like, don't fucking be polite. Be fucking rude. Like, Mm -hmm. I'd rather my kid insult someone and have to apologize for my kid being rude, but also be like, well, I'm teaching my kid that stranger danger really does exist and that I would rather my kid be safe than you have your food like and if you're an adult and you don't understand that then you're i'm gonna say you're a trash person yep agreed okay our next story on a cold winter night in a remote village from quebec canada in 1990 my two brothers and i were asleep we were one three and six in the middle of the night someone entered our house without knocking walked around and was talking to himself our house is two miles from the village in a rural area My father woke up and went into the living room where the guy was. He had a car accident one mile from our house with his buddy who died instantly and his scalp fell in front of his face. So the first time my father saw him, he saw a man with no face. Mm -mm. He was drunk and his body was frozen. He was Mm -hmm. speaking to himself. And then it's like Mm -hmm. in French. Mm -hmm. But he said, I'm going to die. The fact that his face was partially frozen might have saved his life, preventing him from losing too much blood. My dad took him to the hospital, which was 25 kilometers from our house by car. He did survive. To this day, my father is still blessing the fact that we never woke up during the night with all of that noise. Could you imagine being like, I can't imagine being a child and waking up to that. I can't be in a, imagine being an adult and seeing that. Holy shit. I'm I alone now and I'm afraid to go to sleep. I don't like it. <laughs> okay, next story. It's a camping story, so we're good. Went camping with some friends on a hill a few kilometers out in the woods from one of the guy's houses. There's a few hiking and four-wheeling trails in the area that lead up the hill, so it's known by the locals. It was about midnight and we had a fire going and we were just sitting around having a good time. Then a guy, there was four of us, sitting opposite of me, yells, Who are you? I turn around and there's this man about six feet tall staring at us from the edge of the woods with a big rock in his hand. <gasps> one guy uh-huh. knocked an <laughs> one guy. Oh my god! 
One guy knocked an arrow in the compound bow we had. The guy across from me grabbed the hatchet and I pulled a knife off my belt. Damn. We had no clue what we were doing, but the guy wouldn't say anything to us. He eventually backed into the woods. No sleeping was had that night and we kept a very large fire going. Holy shit. Yeah, he was going to murder you guys with that rock. Yeah, he was. And then he's like, oh, these people know what they're doing. Never mind. They have weapons, too. They have better weapons. He's like, I'm outnumbered. (laughs) Okay. Now we're going to have a story about partying by the river. We were partying at our usual party spot by the river, and some dude came out of the woods. He just kept saying weird shit like, you got to watch yourself down here. And there's some bad folks around here. And when asked who he was, he just said, I'm nobody. We were all a little sketched out and basically told the guy to fuck off. A couple days later, a girl went off the rope swing there and got really fucked up. Someone put fishing hooks at the bottom of the rope swing and it took chunks of flesh out of her leg. Later, we found out the dude was a guy that lived nearby and although a creepy drunk, he was harmless. About five years later, they beat up some kid with a log and kidnapped some girl at gunpoint and took her for a joyride. What the he fuck? harmless. He harmless not. Yeah, no, definitely not. Once I was walking my dog in a park in London. There are houses that sit on the edge of the park and back onto the Thames River and hiking trails. It was a pretty hot day and my dog was thirsty, so I brought him to the river for a drink. We got down to the river and were behind a house with a large privacy fence that sat on the edge of the park. While my dog was drinking, I heard loud banging noises coming from the backyard like a hammer. I thought somebody was building a shed or something. All of a sudden, the hammer stops and a man says, shut up. Nobody knows you're here. And the banging began again. I froze in fear and ran up the bank back to the park. I was now directly beside the creepy house. A man came out of the backyard gate in fatigues with a rusty old wheelbarrow heading towards two quintessential kidnapping vans parked in front of his house. He noticed me looking at him as I was walking past, set down the wheelbarrow and just stared at me till I was out of the park. I called the police when I got home, but I still have no idea what happened. Oh, my God. Ew. At least they called. True. Oh, my God. Last year, a guy came to my house door around nine at night. He knocked and I got my mom and she went out to see what was up. By the way, we live in a very rural area, so visits that late were extremely uncommon and strange. The guy talked to my mom about how he was opening a business, asked whether she liked American-made products, then handed her a Clorox container as a sample. He went back to his minivan, of course it's a minivan, and got a vacuum cleaner. When my mom saw five other men sitting inside, she told me to run and get my phone since we didn't have a landline. I couldn't find it, so I got my knife and stood around the corner. She threw the container outside and told them to get the hell off her property, as well as she was about to call the cops. They peeled out of the driveway, and we never saw them again. That's fucking crazy. I don't like it. I don't like that at all, like any of that. Mm -mm. Oh, no. Yeah, no. Ooh, this is a long one. All right, we'll do it. This story takes place in North Dakota. I was born and raised in North Dakota. Back when I was in high school, a group of us would research murders that occurred out in the county. We would then go out to find the scenes and film the exploration at night. This was about two years before Blair Witch. So that's like the 90s, right? Yeah, I'm going to say Blair Witch came out like 90, late 90s, like 99. Yeah, maybe 2000. Yeah. yeah. It was, it was, oh God, this is smart. It was something to do while we got wasted on shitty beer and teenage bullshit. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sounds right. <laughs> Eventually, we ran out of places to go. North Dakota equals few people, few murders. And we got really good at finding abandoned rural farmsteads by driving dirt roads and looking for the signs. 
Rut roads, deliberate tree groves, and old mailbox posts were common markers. We were out looking when we spotted a tree grove that was out of place, which was a sure sign, and drove through the field and discovered an old but not too old house. It had padlocks on the outside doors that were knocked off pretty easily. We dispatched of them and entered the kitchen. There were six of us, all with flashlights, and we lit up the kitchen and dining area fairly easy. The table was the initial thing you noticed, and it was strange because of how normal it looked. It was set for a meal, and not a bowl was out of place. One thing was, we were in dozens of these houses, and place settings were a first. Especially unbroken ones. As we investigated the area, we found a fridge that had disgusting remnants of a full stock, and cupboards were full of canned food and dried goods. This was also a first. One guy found mail on the counter from early June of 1978, and another found a creepy-ass TV guide in the living room with UFOs on the cover. All the family photos were hanging up. Mom, dad, bro, sis, in their 1970s glory. Furniture was dusty, but in good condition. Closets were full. Everything was totally normal, which was super abnormal. As we dug around the house, we started to realize that this house had not been moved out of, and it had been straight up abandoned. Imagine locking the door to your house and never coming back. That's the state this house was in. Complete unplanned departure. We went upstairs to split into three pairs to check out the three rooms. Ours was the closest, and obviously it was the younger boy's room. I can't describe what it looked like too well, because almost right away from the hall, we heard the most fucking terrifying scream I had the misfortune of hearing. We went running into the hallway and were all yelling questions at each other at the same time. After a few, really long seconds, the two screamers caught their breath and said, you have to go in and see. Walking down the hall and through the doorway, I prayed I wouldn't act like a pussy in front of my friends. I shouldn't have been concerned because the others were as scared as I was. The room itself opened up to the left of the doorframe and centered on the right side of the room was a queenish size bed. Propped, oh my god, I'm scared. Mm. Sorry. (laughs) Propped up on the pillows with a blanket drawn to the waist arms on top of the blanket, and worst of all, head turned slightly so it looked you straight in the eye when you entered the room was a life-size porcelain doll. Snow white skin, jet black hair, cold dead eyes. Mm -mm. The dead eyes lit up with our flashlights. Like, she was waiting for us. If the head hadn't been turned, I could excuse it, but it was turned. Ready for us when we walked in. Ready for 20 years. Hasty fucking exits were made down the stairs and into the car. It was during the ride that we started to get even more creeped out when we realized that even though the house had been abandoned, someone had taken the time to set up that goddamn doll. Not packing food, clothes, or family photos. Setting up the doll was one of the last things done in this house. We researched their names but got nothing. No tragic car accident, no grisly massacre, no extended family. Just a tacky time capsule in the middle of nowhere. We found out that the county had taken possession of the land for non-payment of taxes, explaining the locks, but never tracked down any more information on what happened to them or why they left that fucking doll. (laughs) Yeah, one county worker went in there and went, no, uh, uh, I don't want to know. I don't want to know. They're like, nope, nope, nope. Fuck that. Lock it up. Goodbye. Exactly. They're like, I am done. Just because, like, these are so interesting. It's not like, so, like, the other, the one, if you're not a patron, the ones we read on Patreon were, like, paranormal scary stories. These are just, like, I don't know how to describe it. They're just creepy in a different way. Mm-hmm. Okay. Working as a paramedic, I was dispatched to what went out as a simple assault call in a bad neighborhood. This was around 10 p.m. We arrived to the address to find a man standing behind a row of parallel parked cars in front of his house, yelling in a strange, high-pitched voice. 
The police were trying to calm him down. Our first assumption walking up to him was that this was the guy who was injured. But once we got the gurney around the parked cars, we saw what was really going on. A dead man was leaned up against a Mini Cooper slouched in the gutter. I'll never forget coming around the car to find him. There was this really unsettling moment that lasted about two seconds where I thought he was alive and staring at me. Mm. Then I realized he was looking through me Ah. then realizing he was dead. Oh, no. He was shirtless and had been stabbed multiple times, and these were brutal wounds. Most stabbing I had seen up until that point seemed to be simple penetrations, but this guy's chest and abdomen had been torn to shreds and it was nasty. Mm. The guy standing on the curb was yelling in a weird, warbly voice, crying, asking if his roommate would be okay. We started CPR and scooped him up and took him to the hospital, knowing there was really no chance for this guy. After the doctor pronounced him dead, a couple cops came over from the scene to square away business involving the victim. One of them really dropped a bomb on us. The story had been they heard before our arrival was the victim had left the house to have a smoke, and when his roommate came out to check on him, he found him stabbed to death outside. But after we left for the hospital, somebody noticed a trail of blood leading from the house to the curb, implying that he had been stabbed inside. When the police confronted the roommate about this, he managed to run inside and barricade himself in the house. There was actually a SWAT team over there dealing with the situation as we spoke. So anyway, the person who had most likely brutally murdered our patient that night had been standing right there behind me most of the call. Pretty creepy. Oh, yeah. It's like that one case where, like, the killer was, like, interviewing. It was the case you did, yeah. Oh, yeah, the Lauren Giddings Mm -hmm. one. Yeah. (laughs) Creepy. All right, so I got one more lengthy one, and then that'll probably be our last story for this episode. All right, our last story of the episode, evening for Jessica and I. A few years back, I rented an apartment from a friend of mine. He had recently bought it and had it completely renovated. He put it up for sale but couldn't find a buyer, so I offered to rent it in the meantime. After moving in, I realized there was something wrong with the lady next door. She was about 45 but looked much older. She would sit up all night listening to Christian radio shows and talking loudly to someone. It got to the point where I couldn't sleep, so I went over to her place to ask her to keep it down. She opened the door and I got a quick peek. Her walls all had crosses painted on them in different colors and words like Jesus and angel scribbled everywhere. The windows were painted black, letting no light in at all, and there was damp, yellow-stained 50-year-old carpets, dog shit, and cockroaches everywhere. No dog, though. Ew. Ew. I asked her to please keep it down. I know. I asked her to please keep it down, and she just looked at me and shut the door. Then she turned up the radio even louder. (laughs) The next day, she's like, nah, fuck you. Exactly. She's like, I ain't fucking with you. The next night, I had my girlfriend staying over. I wake up in the middle of the night and see a shadow of a person next to the bed looking at us sleeping. I think I'm hallucinating as I usually do in the dark when I'm sleepy. But then the shadow starts talking. It's my neighbor and she's holding something in her hand. Mm. She broke in that night and who knows how long she was standing there. She said, you should lock your doors at night and walked out. I was say sound advice from the crazy person. Fuck. The next morning, I hear someone making strange noises below my bedroom window. It was my neighbor talking to herself in tongues. She had a plastic bag in her hand with a rotting dead dog inside. Oh, my God. It was hot as hell outside, and I can smell death from the bag. Oh, my God. This lady crazy. At this point, I'm scared shitless. She's obviously very insane. I go upstairs and knock on another person's door and ask what the hell is going on. The guy is as scared as I was. Apparently, she broke into his apartment one evening as well while he was watching TV with his kids. He got up from the couch to get a snack, only to find her behind the couch 
staring at him holding a power drill. Now I know what was in her hand. At this stage, I'm basically shitting myself. I call the cops and they all know about her. Apparently, she's a violent schizophrenic and hasn't taken her meds, but they can't force her to or enter her apartment without her permission because she does own it. The only thing they can do is get to her when she's outside. I sit up for the next two days straight waiting for her to run out of cigarettes. When I hear her leave at 2 a.m. to go across the road to the 7-Eleven, I call the cops. They had three cars and a special van over in less than two minutes. They restrain her and throw her in the van and drive off to some institution in less than a minute like she was never there. I never see her again, but still have nightmares about her looking at me in my sleep. Rightfully so. That's like sad, though. You know? Yeah, but she was probably like going to hurt somebody. Oh, yeah, yeah. She no, was no, no, no. I'm like, yeah. it's sad because it's like, hopefully uh, she got help. It reminds me of that, like, there's this, like, YouTuber. Her name is, her name is Tara, actually. Oh. <laughs> and, and she had bought this, like, apartment or this condo in LA, and her neighbor, like, up the hill was, like, psychotic. Oh, jeez. And anything she would do, this woman would just, like, stand at her fence and, like, yell or, like, try to come over to her house. It was, it was all this crazy stuff. It just, this kind of like reminds me of like how that could have gone. Yeah. <sighs> Sketch. Oh man. I might have to read one more. It's short. I'm gonna read one more because I can see it in there. It says spooky and it's got like caps and lowercase mm. and it's just fun. <laughs> okay. Last story, y'all. I promise. This is the last one. I'm sure they don't mind. Oh yeah. They're like, it's probably daytime. They're listening to it. And I'm like, I have to sleep in an apartment by myself now. <laughs> They're like, keep going, Dara. It's fine. <laughs> if you guys ever want a part two on this, just let me know. <laughs> scarring jessica for life yes it's so fun <laughs> i was driving around some country roads at 1 a.m with my buddy one night in the summer stuff jessica and i would do come up to a one lane old rickety bridge at the bottom of a valley the bridge was next to an old bar that now sits abandoned and is frequently vandalized so it's already sketchy pull onto the bridge and there's a car waiting on the other side at first we thought nothing of it if a car was on the bridge you have to sit there and wait to cross or wait your turn to cross but here's where it gets spooky. My friend and I get closer and closer to the car, but something's wrong. We see a white glove waving at us about halfway to the other side. As we are almost across the bridge, we see that the person is waving his white glove as an <laughs> oh god. Um <laughs> the person waving his white glove has an expressionless mask on. Needless to say, we freaked the fuck out. <laughs> as we have to slowly weave around the car and stare face to face with the person still waving. Driving off, scared shitless, but have to take the same road back. We get to the bottom of the hill. The car is still there, but nobody is inside. Mm. We kind of look around for a second before we get the fuck out of there, and we haven't been back since. Fuck expressionless masks, man. Yeah, no thank you. <laughs> uh, yeah, no. If That's I like some stranger's shit. <laughs> oh my god. That movie was not that scary, but it fucked Tara and I up because of the fact that it was like, yes. this is basically my house. Oh, my God. It was like, yeah. we literally were going back to my house. My parents, like, no one else was home. It's a giant ass house. And I'm like, we're going to get murdered here. Ooh, gross. All right, y'all. Well, now that Jessica and I are fully creeped out, mm -hmm. we're going to go ahead and wrap up this stabby for today. I hope you guys enjoyed these creepy stories. Again, I, I love terrorizing Jessica with these. So if you guys ever want me to do this again, just let me know on socials and I'll do it. I don't give a fuck. I liked it. I think they're fun. But with that, we will go ahead and sign off and we will see you on Monday. Bye. Bye. Bye.
Spoon.